Wine, food, talk. NapaBroadcasting.com. Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. The Napa City Council, like most political bodies, reconstitutes itself each year as it looks to new challenges and new issues in the coming year. This year, as the council sets its course, Council Member Scott Sedgley will be the vice mayor this year. It's largely a ceremonial role, but nonetheless, it has with it some extra responsibilities. Today, we're happy to have Vice Mayor Scott Sedgley here with us at NapaBroadcasting.com as we talk about what the next year might look like for the city of Napa. Scott, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. Good to have you here. Let me pull you a little closer to the microphone there. That's what I like to say now that... uh I've told my friends on, uh, and told the mayor that I'm just one heartbeat away from being mayor. So. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> it, is, it is in large measure. You and I had talked, I think, when we had some emails back and forth. It is largely a ceremonial role. But it requires that you pay more careful attention, I suppose. That's the big part of it. It does, uh, in fact. And, you, you need to be on top be, of it all. Be there in support of the mayor and then step in when uh, she's unavailable. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I kidded my fellow council members. Uh, council member Inman pointed out that uh, she made the nomination and, and then pointed out that it's, we're following the traditional uh, rotation. And I thanked her for that, but then I, I said I hope to uh, that some of the consideration of my leadership abilities and my, you know, my willingness to step in played a part of that also. So we do get along. I think the council's been working very well together for the last two years that I've been on. Well, you've been on for two years now. You've had time to settle in and really uh, get to know the ropes. What's been the, the toughest part for you? Coming to speed with the financial piece, I mean, we have a great financial director in Roberta Draper. She does an outstanding job for us, and she makes it uh, – uh, for me, I'm able to interpret a lot of the, the data and the numbers. That was always a hard part for me. So I think the difficult part is there's so many components. I serve on NCTPA also. Uh-huh. And uh, to be truthful, before I was on council, I, I thought of NCTPA as solely uh, the Vine bus system. And then to learn that it's so much more uh, regional about the, our federal and state money that comes in through the Metropolitan Transportation Agency, all those components play a vital role in, in not only uh, our, our vine, but our bicycle trail paths, our safe routes to schools, all those things, uh, highway construction, Caltrans on, you know, the Soskal flyover that's pr- proposed down on 221 and 29. So I guess the difficulty is like you say, learning all these different parts of what city government provides to its residents is, uh, it takes a bit to, a bit of reading and, uh, and focus to, to be uh, schooled in it all. Right. And of course, there's always other components to it. I mean, you mentioned, for example, the safe routes to school. I mean, that comes with a lot of federal dollars, which we've managed to turn around and use for sidewalks and streets and, exactly. and a lot of other things. Exactly. And our whole goal to uh, the, our 10-mile-a-year program for our streets and sidewalks and curbs, all that does, it's all interconnected. Uh, we, ha- I had some criticism over the uh, the uh, art, public art monies for the benches, the expensive benches that we uh, we put out for contract a while ago. And why don't we use that? Wouldn't that money be better spent on, on potholes and street paving? Yes, maybe, but we... I, I, I'd love to spend that money maybe somewhere else, but the city attorney tells me we can't, that this money is for public art, and that's where it is to be used. So it's a, it's a complex world. What has been the most fun thing for you in the past two years being on the council? 
the educational part, learning more about the community, uh-huh. meeting some very uh, wonderful people in the community. That's that's fun. The uh, the ceremonial part, the uh, the parades and the tree lightings and uh, the greetings. That's always a great part. And I've always uh, been a, a a bit of a social animal, so that's the fun part. I think just being out there and. Uh, and taking a few jabs and kids from uh, from jabs from friends uh, about being a politician, and <laughs> I tell them I'm trying to become a statesman, not a politician. So we'll see if I can get there. Well, the the past two years that that you've been on the council have been pretty good years for the city. Coming out of the recession, finances have improved. I yes. mean, other than the earthquake that happened in August, things had been on a pretty solid uptick since then. I mean, it's really been a good time to, for the city of Napa. Most definitely, and you'll hear that in the longer time incumbents and the mayor and uh, Mott and Inman will say, well, just a few years ago we weren't able to do this. Now we are able to do it. So, yes, I recognize that, that I came in on a good financial uptick for the, for the community. We didn't have to uh, reduce our workforce, uh, our, our labor contracts. We, we held, uh, held them tight. We were able to fund some raises this last go around because of that so it it is a lot better uh the issues that come with that increase in the economy and our financial picture will become uh in the face of new development i think there's a lot of money coming in so those will be challenges but definitely a good time to come on to the council and of course one of the biggest challenges that's uh coming out there not that far down the road is napa pipe i mean it's it's inching its way slowly to the city Inching, yes, it's by by eight one eighth inch increments. It's inching along. Uh, I think the major hurdle was the the RUL vote. Uh, it it passed. The voters uh, overwhelmingly, and I, I I felt that it would. And in one of my early meetings with the with Napa Redevelopment Partners, I thought that we could if if the county and the city and the property owner were all together on this. I, I think the voters would see it as a positive. The the location of the property, its proximity to the city, and it's it's an old brownfield, an industrial site. I, I saw a lot of positives in that. But my my bottom line was it had to be annexed, had to be city limits. And, and I didn't change my position on that all the way along. And in fact, when we negotiated the MOU, uh, the, the first one of the first drafts of the MOU didn't have a, a, a date for the RUL vote. It was just eventually the city should come in. We anticipate the the, uh, property being annexed, but there was really no step in that memorandum of understanding to uh, to do that. And and I I I wouldn't support it unless it was put in there. And it was for uh, the vote to take place on November 14th of this year, and and we got it done. So that's that's big hurdle. What are the other hurdles that you see? I mean, the last of the county hurdles is actually probably tomorrow. And then it kind of moves on to, to the city's agenda after that. Right. The, 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 the development agreement and the development plan, those are the big documents that come with it. In, in, uh, like an EIR, they're very detailed and in-depth. And I think uh, the city's interest is uh, having the uh, control of how that develops and, and not having to go through a, another governmental agency like the board for approval that we shouldn't be. If it becomes into the city, the city should have it. We've worked out the housing numbers. We've worked out a tax share agreement, right. and that comes. So I think it's time for the county to say goodbye to Napa Pipe <laughs> and let the city uh, develop it. 
Talk a little bit about uh, some of the other issues that you see coming down the road this year, some of the things that, that you have a sense of from meetings you've been in and things you've been a part of. What do you see beyond Napa Pipe as, as really the big projects for the next 12 months? Uh, on the project side, uh, capital improvement, I, I would imagine I'd, I'd thought we were going to move along on the Linda Vista uh, Connection Bridge, but that might that's going to be delayed for possibly a year. We're going to do some more work on uh, some traffic studies for the Linda Vista Bridge. Uh, Copia is, is a big project side. Uh, we're hoping, what, what I'm hearing is we could possibly have that sold or ACA could have that so. sold in six months. Uh, so when that sale goes through, that new buyer will be charged with the master plan for the Copia area, which will take some work too. So hopefully by uh, sometime in the fall of next year, we will have a, a new owner of the Copia property uh, working on a master plan that will clearly identify how that will develop as far as densities, how many hotel rooms, how many homes along the river on the south side. So that's a huge one. Uh, the Archer Hotel, uh, right. moving along, uh, it's the entitlements are there. We've worked out a parking agreement. Uh, Mr. Zapolsky and company, work is beginning. So that's a huge, huge uh, plus for downtown. I'm 100% in support of it. I, it, I know it's uh, going to be higher than most buildings and a little different, but I think it's an appropriate place, and it'll bring that... that uh, dimension of uh, retail downtown that's been missed for a long time. Mm -hmm. You've uh, mentioned to me before we went on the air that uh, you've had some conversations about the Walt Ranch Project, which is another project that's got a lot of controversy surrounding it, mostly from neighbors. Right. And, and Walt Ranch, you know, it's, it's a county property. Right. It's clearly under the jurisdiction of the county and in, in, in the zoning being... Uh, agriculture, watershed, and open space. And so with the Hall's uh, proposed development up there, you wouldn't think the city would have too much interest. Right. Uh, but interesting, and interestingly enough, it's right at the, uh, the upper end of our Millican Reservoir. So the, the watershed, the Millican Watershed, Millican Creek that feeds our reservoir that's up Atlas Peak Road uh, could potentially be uh, affected by... The, uh, the clearing of land and the uh, development of vineyards and the application of fertilizers and pesticides and, and, and water runoff uh, uh, sediment. So, yeah, potentially our, our water storage up there, uh, that's for my, uh, my side of the equation, is that's what I have to protect is the city's water supply. And Walt Ranch could definitely impact that. So... The EIR is being studied. The uh, erosion control plan is being worked on. Our water manager, Joy Eldridge, has responded to it, the EIR, with uh, some very firm and uh, positional points on what needs to be done. So I'm a little worried about the Millican watershed for our water supply. Talk about it from a, not about Walt Ranch, but all of these studies, all of this process that we were joking about Napa Pipe a little while ago. You come from a world that is more immediate, that there's a fire, it needs to be put out. There's a problem, it needs to be solved. Now you're in a world that is a problem, well, it needs to be studied and then studied some more and studied some more. Talk about that transition for you. Well, you're exactly right. I'm, I'm, I'm 
pra- pragmatic by nature. And then 30 years in the fire service, yes, we, we, we would mitigate the situation somewhat like an EIR is intended to do, but we would do it in a matter of minutes, right. whereas exactly. an EIR will take a matter of years. And uh, I, I have to learn to uh, understand that process, work with it. Uh, you know, we have the professionals uh, like our water manager, Joy Eldridge, uh, you know, in place to help us with those. So uh, patient, try to get Think of the long picture. I've been on the the losing end of a few votes on some items, and maybe that's uh, due to my uh, my belief that you know we we've we've reached this point. Uh, my grandfather used to tell me something perfect is good, something done is better, and uh, he was move along and and. I'll work on that, but it is something that I, I do recognize. And do you think you were on the, the short end of some of those votes because you were looking for perfection, you were looking for something to be better, or that they, there just wasn't a, a compromise that, that you could find your way to? I think it was that we could have found something better. You know, it wasn't just simply a compromise. Uh, some of the water issues, I, I feel that the application for some of these outside water services are misleading. Uh, they come under a government section, uh, an impending or imminent threat to health and safety. Uh-huh. And I think that language was addressing your home, that your drinking water has gone right. bad, and not to install a fire sprinkler system in a wine warehouse uh, was not what uh, imminent, a threat to imminent health and safety was about. And so I think we need to work better with with the state and the county on some of these uh, regulations that require uh, this amount of water, th- this flow, this gallonage of water to come into these places. So that's one one circumstance where I think we can change things, and it's going to take a while. What do you, beyond Napa Pipe, talk to me about your, your sense of housing issues in the city. There's still always talk about affordable housing and, and the need for even more executive housing to bring in more development down in the, the airport industrial area. Talk a little bit about uh, what, you're, what you're sensing in terms of the housing issue these days. It, it's such a difficult uh, position to be in, you know, with the housing market and, you know, the prices of housing in Napa being such a desirable place to live, and then our, the demand for our, our workforce. We have a, a workforce in the hospitality side and the agricultural side. And so to find that balance, you know, I, I don't know what the answers are. Uh, the city has tried in the past, is continually trying. We were looking at a, a, a pretty g- good project at the end of Valverde up there. It was an old, uh, the Pacific Sunrise. It was a retirement home mm-hmm. that was that was boarded up. And bridge housing was going to come in and do some affordable housing. And it, it looked like a really good project. But the neighbors were opposed to it. Uh, there was an EIR challenge that they didn't want it. So it was close to the Salvador Channel, Vintage Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the challenges. Everybody uh, will support uh, affordable housing as long as it's on the other side of town. And, and that's the challenges that we have is finding those locations to do it. And then uh, it's, it's a little more expensive to build. Airbnb vacation rentals. We're getting that's another topic that we're going to probably right. hear a lot about coming up. And that's going to be big this year. Yeah, big this year, a big push. But how does that impact the uh, the housing market in town? Do we have 
these affordable homes, maybe your 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 moderate income, you know, homes, the the '60s and '70s tract homes that were built that are still in the moderate level, are they purchased by uh, people that are running Airbnbs? I, I know of one uh, that I was notified about and went and witnessed. The owner doesn't live there. And people come in with a card lock or a code uh, and use the home during the weekends, and that's the way they're operating. So that removes some houses from the stock that could be affordable. Where, where are your thoughts on that in terms of, of permitting more of those? And that's been part of it. And then the other part of the equation is does the permit go with the owner, is the permit with the house, and how that's going to work going forward? The... Uh, I think that we could we could permit more. Right now, my understanding is about 50, I think, that are permitted uh, vacation rentals. Now, the Airbnbs, it's anybody's guess how many of those are out there. But the the, uh, the, the permitted vacation rentals, they're paying their TOT and they're doing things correctly. Uh, we could probably increase that number uh, safely. I think it should be in a specific location of town, maybe in the downtown area or certain other commercial-type areas. I don't know that Browns Valley neighborhood would need uh, 50 permitted vacation rentals. I don't know that it's appropriate for those types of neighborhoods. But so a certain area, a certain zoning could work. Uh And I think the number could go up. And as far as transferability, uh, I haven't really decided. If the track record is there, if if somebody has operated one, you know that that operator has done it right. But if... If you sell it with that, it makes that house more valuable uh-huh. than the neighbor's house as far as marketing. So right. it comes with that. I don't know if it gives an unfair advantage to somebody who received the permit, and I don't know how they were originally. Were they lottery or the people applied? I don't know how one – it's somewhat like a liquor license. You know, somebody <laughs> has one. It becomes very valuable. And uh, I think that it needs a review process when it's transferred. Not that it couldn't be transferred with the property, but I don't think it should just be uh, automatic. I want to talk a little bit about the council itself. There is the conventional wisdom out there that your colleague, Alfredo Pedroza, who's on the council, will probably be elevated to the Board of Supervisors, to the seat that uh, Bill Dodd has vacated. Um, If that's the case, there's going to be a need for a replacement on the city council with clearly a lot of work to be done over the next year or so, so the next two years of the term. What are your thoughts in terms of how that process should work and what rules do you think, should, if any, should apply to, to how this process plays out? Boy, that's a tricky one right now. Uh, at City Hall, there's not a lot of discussion yet on what, what process will be used uh, you know, sh- will people apply? Will council members nominate? Hasn't been much discussion because council member Pedroza is still here. Still there, right. And so <laughs> we, we really can't uh, plan too far ahead until the governor uh, appoints. And right. and I, I think uh, if, if we were betting uh, folks, we would bet on uh, Alfredo, I would guess. But uh, that's going to be an interesting process, and I've met with some uh, interested uh, parties that will apply for that appointment. And uh, until the city clerk uh, kind of advises, this is the process, you know, that I suggest we use, and we can do a, a combination of things uh, that can be a, simply a nomination and appointment. 
It could be like we do the planning commission and the cultural heritage. We kind of vote for three, right. narrow it down, vote for two. Weighted voted. Yeah, weighted. So, you know, that could be that process. Uh, it's 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 going to be a very difficult decision, I think. Uh, I, my goal is to have a unanimous council that four people will support the the, the a candidate, and we can all uh, start there. Uh it might not end up that way, but that's my hope. Is it your sense that there is an obligation, a responsibility, a serious consideration, put it in whatever category you want, to appoint another Hispanic member to, to the city council, given the demographics, given the population and the makeup of the community? I think a, uh, a Hispanic uh, council member is uh, a, a great asset for the council to have. I do agree. Uh, the Hispanic population in our community uh, is, signif- is significant. Uh, it's, it, 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 they are our community. That's what it is, and I think it's very important. The most important thing is the candidate is qualified and that the candidate can, uh, can, can commit to the work and do the work impartially and fairly. That's the most important piece. I wouldn't say it can be the, uh, you know, your, your, your heritage is the, is the swing vote. I don't mm-hmm. believe it should be that, but... In the, in the best of all, we should be able to balance out our elected bodies with it's a representative form of government, and so we should represent our community. And so I don't think that there's anything at all uh, uh, disadvantageous to or any disadvantage to not have a you know a Hispanic on our board. I think it, it brings a whole lot to the board. Uh, youth does an age demographic. When we have older and younger council members, I think that helps. So. Yeah, yeah somebody said that to me. I was having this conversation with somebody just recently, and their thought was the, the real demographic that needs to be represented was, was youth, that we needed you know, to yeah. keep you know, somebody young on the, on the council. And with Alfredo Pedrosa, we did have that, and I think it was good. So it's, uh, if we lose him, he, it'll be a loss. I think he's, he's worked very hard, and he'll do very well if he moves on to the board. So hopefully we could find uh, somebody with his, his skill and his, uh, his involvement, but it, it, you know, the, to be Hispanic is not a prerequisite. So, right. What are the issues as you look down the next year? We've touched on a whole bunch of things, and, and it sounds like water is certainly one of them from some of the things you've said. The things that, that you really, in addition to all, worrying about all these things as a member of the council, the things that you most want to focus on and the things that you feel that you can really be, be a leader on in, in what areas on the council? Uh, as I campaigned, I was hoping that I could work on some more consolidation parts of, of our county and city governments. Uh, it's been difficult. Right now the city is contracting with American Canyon on uh, some building officials uh, the, with the chief building inspector, and uh, we are with the fire department and some of our fire inspections and fire marshalling, so we are doing that shared work. Uh, working with NCTPA, I was... Uh, proponent of a combined fueling station. We need to kind of look at how we're fueling our equipment and how much dead time and where we go to get fuel. So I didn't, the NCTPA, the Napa County Transportation and Planning Agency is in need of a fueling uh, facility. Uh, I believe that w- they should not move ahead independently, that we should have uh, the city and hopefully the county uh, as partners on that fueling facility. 
the city corporation yard right in the center of town is a great location, but is that property uh, in the future better used for affordable housing? Right. Uh, so that has been a goal of mine is to consolidate some of those services on that public work side. Uh, another big uh, challenge for us is our aging infrastructure with water again. The earthquake uh, demonstrated how uh, fragile our water system is. So we're going to have to uh, maintain the, uh, the funding and uh, the, the balance of how we, what new, what replace, and, or do we wait till it breaks? You know, wait till it breaks to fix it, or do we go in ahead of time? Those are big challenges ahead. We're, we're making progress on the streets, uh, streets and sidewalks. That, has, that was deferred for quite some time. Like Long you and time, I, right. You and I may defer painting our house, and then when we get there, it costs twice as much, and that's what we did. So uh, those are those are some future items, but the city is doing a pretty good job of that by doing it themselves in a lot of a lot of instances in terms of the paving and streets and sidewalks. Yep, that was a direction that was taken before I came on council, and it is working well. We uh, increased the crews and, and bought some specialized equipment, uh, but I did take some criticism, and some of the private sector are are critical of that. That you know maybe the city shouldn't be doing these type of paving jobs. You should contract those with private contractors and and not do it all yourself so there's that side of that argument too and i understand that we do have some very qualified and and gelati you know they they aren't napa but they are local and they they get a lot of this work in town and we do we do let a lot of contracts to privates but uh it's a it's a balance but yeah we have made some great strides in that area Napa Vice Mayor Scott Sedgley, I thank you so much for coming in and being with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks, Jeff. I always like talking to you. Thank you. You are listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.